This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Monday to all of you. Happy Reaction Monday. We got plenty of stuff to react to today. Two big things. We have a Super Bowl matchup, and it looks like the possession arrow is pointed towards the Texans having a head coach here fairly soon, and I think it's going to make people happy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome in. We're with you till 10 a.m. I'm Sean Pendergast. He's Seth Payne. Did you have a nice weekend, my friend? How you doing? I had a good weekend. For it you. was fun. As tends to happen, the big news broke after our show. Mm-hmm. But the news, I guess, confirmation that that D'Amico Ryans and the Texans were very much interested in each other. And that grew over the next 48 hours from Friday on into Sunday as D'Amico's being the favorite in Houston. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator up in Philadelphia after their game yesterday, Said that he's going back to Philly. The uh, the Broncos the Broncos ownership flew up to Ann Arbor sometime last week to meet with Jim Harbaugh. Pathetic. Uh, the the Broncos are getting desperate as they slowly realize that they're not the bell of the ball. Yeah, I think that's that to me is as far as the D'Amico things going. We'll get into the Super Bowl as well. Those are the two big things we're going to be touching on today, Kansas City and Philly in the Super Bowl and D'Amico. But this D'Amico news is huge locally here, so we got to lead in with this. This was in Rappaport as of Friday evening, and I don't think anything's changed other than D'Amico Ryans is now available because the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Eagles yesterday. Here, the reports that Seth was talking about just now, here is one version of that report from late Friday. Buzz is getting very hot and very loud, specifically as it relates to the Houston Texans. My understanding, and this is something I reported with colleague Tom Pelissero, is that D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, the architect of the NFL's best defense, has emerged as top candidate for the Houston Texans. Now, that is one part of the situation. The other part of the situation is the Denver Broncos, who also viewed D'Amico Ryans as a top candidate, uh, have kind of moved their attention elsewhere. Ryans wants to meet with the Texans after his game is over at some time next week. That timeline simply does not work for the Denver Broncos. They'd like to move maybe a little bit quicker, so they are looking elsewhere, which does seem to free Ryans up to continue to have conversations with the Texans when the playing is done this weekend. If all goes well, do not be surprised if he ends up as the head coach of the Houston Texans, the same organization where he started as a linebacker, the same organization where they called him Cap as a rookie because that was the leadership role that he took very quickly. Okay, so there, there's a few things to unpack there. I think the two biggest things, Seth, to me, the two biggest clues that this D'Amico thing looks like it's on the verge of happening 
other than just people saying there's mutual interest between the two. The tea leaves, you mentioned it. Jonathan Gannon after the game yesterday, who's been the betting favorite all along for the Texans uh, to be the head coach, saying on the field after the game to Fox 29 in Philly that he's going to be coming back to Philly next year. I think that's a huge clue. And I think the second one is that all the reports on Denver over the weekend were that they've moved on to other candidates. Like yeah. they've, they, you, you mentioned the Harbaugh thing. Um, they've turned their attention to a lot of other, including Gannon was one of them, but apparently he's not interested in Denver either. Um, but Denver seems to have moved off of D'Amico Ryans when the reports last Thursday, it was funny because they're like, the reports were that D'Amico Ryans has emerged as a top candidate for Denver, but none of those reports ever said that D'Amico was interested in Denver, just that Denver was really interested in him. Yeah. And there was this assumption for about 24 hours that, well, because it's Denver against this janky Houston franchise over here, well, for sure he's going yeah. to Denver, the you know, blue blood. Weird. It's weird. Is um, It's kind of like with young Patriots fans, I think, Sean. There are people you know, below the age of 35 or so that don't remember what a joke both the Boston Patriots and the Denver Broncos once were um, in terms of just kind of like the, the, uh, the now the Patriots more so than the Broncos. But these things can come and go. The Packers, for a large stretch of yours and my childhood, were a joke. They were horrible. And, yeah. you know, yeah, they were just – they were awful. And uh, there's a very good chance that the Broncos – uh, it's kind of like with an economic recession where you never know exactly when you're in it until after you've already been in it for a while. I think the Denver Broncos may have like entered a recession six years ago, and they're just realizing it now. They're like, okay, it's official. We did enter a recession six years ago, and we haven't had a, a winning season since then. Yeah, yeah, and I think the rest of the league and some of these candidates are realizing it too. It, it's, i got to write this analogy down. That's a good it's analogy. A good that was one, a good yeah. job by you just right like there. Entering a recession. problem is somebody will politicize that somehow true is that you can't you can't mention a recession without somehow becoming politicized that's absolutely true dear seth sticking up for those whack job whatevers pick pick the party of your choice i'm just yeah. talking about D'Amico. that's all <laughs> <laughs> uh, um this uh boy i will say this seth forget about denver and and gannon and all this stuff it was already, I think, going to be a letdown if the Texans didn't wind up with D'Amico Ryans at the outset of this. He, he was, you know, I put up those polls. He set the record for popularity. You know, thousands of Texans fans, 98% of them saying we would approve of a D'Amico Ryans hire. It was already going to be a letdown if it was somebody other than him. But I think because he was, at that point, just one of a handful of candidates with the same probability of getting the job at the outset here, yeah. people would have gotten over it faster. If it doesn't happen now, people are going to have a hard time getting over it, and I feel sorry for whoever the guy is that ends up getting the job, even though yeah. it'll probably be a pretty good candidate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, it likely will be. I yeah. think it, uh, that uh, the fact that Gannon said that he's out makes me feel like this is either must be a done deal or the Texans have other plans you know, that, that include either Steichen or one of the other candidates. Kafka. Haven't been any leaks about. That's right, Kafka. Yep. Um, but I, Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan, it was announced that he would accept the head coaching job officially the day after their Super Bowl loss. I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, how soon after a heartbreaking loss the coaches typically just turn around and say, hey, by the way, guys <laughs> – Deuces. Um, the, the, the answer? Very. Yes. 
How quickly, very quickly. Yeah. So Kyle Shannon and others, it's not – they kind of don't wait until the smoke even clears because it's time to get on to your next gig. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced D'Amico today, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's um, – a couple days, and just because they're working on contracts, it seemed, it seemed like D'Amico kind of shut it all down in terms of thinking about this stuff. So I wonder if maybe his agent has been working with the Texans, and now today, if it is going to be D'Amico, maybe D'Amico dives back into all this stuff. Yeah, I think the other thing too, if we're looking at clues here, that uh, D'Amico Ryan's is indeed going to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans, and we'll talk more about what. The ramifications of that could be good ramifications for this franchise as we roll on this morning here on a Reaction Monday. I, there's been he he and Ivero Ijero were the two candidates who had been requested by oh sorry Eve Ivero no 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 Ijero Ivero you just oh did I say Ijero yeah. Ivero okay yeah. okay Ben give me you got can it you right the, except for the can you give yeah. me yeah thank you Seth can you give me the primer one more time we don't have it uh, Ben. We need a hotkey with his name on it, just in case. He's a backup Here's backup Ben candidate. acting like we're never going to use the Ijero Ivero hotkey again. What does is, what is Ben God, know that I we th- don't know? Monday's off to a good start. I flipped the dude's first and last names. My God. <laughs> um, at any rate, um, so Ryan D'Amico, our candidate for coach for the Texans. Uh, but the other thing is he had been requested by all five of the openings. There's been no smoke nor rumblings about him doing a second interview with the Colts or the Cardinals at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling good I'll, about it. I also do think as far as D'Amico goes, it's it's hard to be better than the best every single year, which is what they were. And defenses don't defenses aren't don't stay consistently the number one defense as often as as court as I say quarterback offenses do because that's so quarterback driven. Yep. So uh, as far as striking while the iron is hot, this was a very good year for D'Amico to have accepted one of the the, the the multiple offers that he probably would have had. So I, I I'm going to be surprised at this point if it's not D'Amico. Yeah, I am too. And that that's going to be a great day. It's going to be one of it, it literally no no hyperbole. It'll be one of the best days in the history of this franchise. Certainly the best day that this franchise has had in the last three years, without question. Hiring D'Amico Ryan. As far as yeah, I would say as far as off season moves go, because it's all still. You know, it's all still a projection. Sure. I feel really good about D'Amico as a head coach, but, and uh, you know, until we actually do something on the field, then uh, we, don't, we don't know, obviously. Yeah, just in terms of feeling good. I mean, it's, yeah. been, it's been such a long time since people have been able to feel good, you know? It's been crazy just on social media to all of a sudden um, start, start seeing, like, Cal McNair as a gangsta-type yeah. uh, post. Yes, yeah. that's why we need this to happen. <laughs> I found out that Cal is very memeable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like in a good way. In a good way. Like yeah. they're, very, yeah. they're, they're being very positive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a good way. All right. Uh, so we're off and running. It's a reaction Monday. It's looking like D'Amico Ryans for the next Texans head coach. A lot of storylines to get into on that. We've got a Super Bowl as well that we'll get into. The early line on Eagles, Chiefs, and man, we'll, bottom of the hour, we'll dig into these games in a little more detail. One was a, a slaughter. The other one. The other one, I think, exposed a huge issue with the league. We'll get into all that as we roll on here on a Reaction Monday. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so we got a Super Bowl, and it's the Eagles and the, um, it's the, Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll dig more into these games in detail in the next segment. Um, but just know that uh, the early betting line, which is what I'm into. Uh, have you seen the early betting line, Seth? If you haven't, I'd like to I saw see. it fluctuate. Yeah, it did I fluctuate I saw that it started off Chiefs and then went to the Eagles. Yep, and it settled mm. in at Eagles minus two and a half. I feel like this, I feel like this game, my immediate knee-jerk reaction after this game, looking at two very well-balanced football teams with the Eagles. I, it's hard to say. The Eagles are more balanced, and yet... The quarterback dynamic is a pretty huge one. You know, Jalen Hurts is not nearly as good as Pat Mahomes. Uh, but I, I feel like, aside from the quarterback comparison, the Eagles' offensive line is the big difference. I mean, if you look at you look at the Bengals' offensive line, and so, and so I thank God everybody can stop texting in about how awesome Max Sharping is. Uh, oh, it, it he had a rough so one yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> the Bengals. Banged up offensive line is only good when there's three inches of snow on the ground. Right. That's what we discovered yesterday. Yep. So I feel like the Eagles, who year after year have one of the best offensive lines in the league, is going to not allow Chris Jones to just just have his way with uh, the uh, with with the opposing team's quarterback. He was awesome. I didn't realize that sack he had in the first half, and he had another big one later in the game. He was he was great. Um, that was the first sack he's ever had in the postseason. He yeah. never had a sack in the postseason until yesterday's game which in which he had multiple. Thank, <laughs> we can thank the Texans for that, can we not? Because remember, the only the only yeah. game this season in which Chris Jones was completely shut out on the stat sheet. Yeah. Like if you look at the stat sheet, it looks like he didn't play in the game at all. It, the only That's game right. this season that happened to Chris Jones, and after that he went on a tear. Texas. He had four and a half sacks in three games, and now he's got his first postseason sack because he was motivated by the embarrassment and shame of getting a donut on the stats sheet against the Texans. We'll get into these games in more detail. I think, Seth, if I had to narrow these two games now, like if there's one thing people are talking about from these two conference title games, I think it's the Osai shove out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes on the game-winning drive that ultimately that was the yardage they needed to attempt a game-winning field goal. If that call does not happen, then, my God, that's – can you hear that noise? That's that's unbelievable. It's, it's yeah. right, it's right below me. It. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I was talking to the audience. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, anyways, um, uh, the the shove out of bounds. If well, if, they're talking about that. They're talking about that, but also the officiating is huge. The officiating yeah. as a whole, yeah. The officiating yeah, as yeah. a whole, but in terms of setting up the play, that was the difference. Yeah. If they don't call that, or if Osai, I think it was by the letter of the law, it was a good call. I hate that a game was decided on that because if they don't call it. 
the game goes to overtime in all likelihood. Yeah, Osai, I mean, but Osai, uh, Osai knew it. I wish, I wish they would have stopped showing pictures of him on the sideline crying because that was hard to watch. Yeah. That poor guy. That, that was miserable. He's got to live, he's got to live the next six months with that. Yeah. Knowing that he's single handedly. And it wasn't like, um, Remember the Chiefs player that jumped off sides that cost them D Ford. D Ford. That's right. D Ford did it. That is at least like a forgivable football error. It still sucks, but this was, it's. I don't want to say unforgivable, but unconscionable because it and it wasn't even a good shove. You know, like at least uh, Dre Greenlaw a couple weeks ago had a hit out of bounds that at least was a solid hit. This was just for no reason whatsoever a shove in Pat Mahomes back. Pat Mahomes. Probably accentuated a bit by falling down, but you can't even fault him because you just you do not get away with shoving a dude out of bounds no, these days. No, no, a, a quarterback at least. No, you and just it, don't get away with it. And the upside is if Patrick Mahomes, okay, so he flopped, and people are going to give him crap for flopping. The upside is you're going to the Super Bowl. Like that that play was literally the difference between going to the Super Bowl and having a fifty fifty shot in overtime of going to the Super Bowl. I'm okay with flops where it's legitimate contact. Then you're just accentuating it. If you flop when there was just the the most incidental of contact, the con, uh, contact that's when I, uh, the, I I feel like that's dirty. Yeah. So I'm okay with this flop. the The most dramatic part was when he flew his arms in yes. the air as he was on the ground, like it, to make it look like he'd gotten laid out. He he, he did. Yeah. He and he then Osai grabbed it. his leg. Osai grabbed his leg. Obviously a sympathy ploy, and it uh, <laughs> that that just uh, sometimes you do it though, Sean. You can't help yourself. To go from wanting to kill somebody to all of a sudden turning into a pacifist, it's hard to do just because of a, a little line painted on the, <laughs> on the dirt. Yeah, that, that was I, – I, I'm rewatching it. I'm like, man, I want this to be marginal so that Osai gets off the hook. I'm like, no, Mahomes' feet were, like, not even on the white anymore. They were on the dirt next to the bench. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> – It was bad. Uh, it was a legitimate shove. Yeah. The guy – and then – Osai rolled up into some staffer who hit his head on the bench, million dollar baby style. Yeah. That was scary. Yep. Uh, nobody. The guy sitting on the bench didn't even <laughs> didn't even look at that guy. He was so shocked. The guy, the guy, the staffer looks like he might have broken his neck. I assume he's fine because I didn't see anybody like attending to him afterwards. Uh, but the guy sitting on the bench who almost watched somebody break his neck right in front of him was so shocked that he was just looking out trying to see exactly what had happened. And uh, and then and then mayhem reigned. The biggest, the most egregious thing, because I know people were upset with the officials yesterday, I think in both games. Yeah. But the most egregious thing in the fourth quarter, correct me if I'm wrong, would have been when that third down play was, was, uh, it seemed like four hours after a third down uh, non-conversion, the officials stopped the game and said, oh, no, 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 by the way, we got to replay that. We blew the whistle. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, Yeah. the the Chiefs had a third and nine at about their own 35 or 40 yard line, and they, they run the play. The 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 Bengals get off the field. It's a it's a complete pass short of the sticks. The the Chiefs are going to punt, and then the the officials huddle for like three minutes, and they come back and say, "Oh no 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 no! Our back judge blew the whistle because yeah. the clock operator had started the clock, and he wasn't supposed to." Yeah. Um. So we got to play that over again, even though none of the players on the field were acting like the play was over. They everybody played it out like the play was real. And then Eli Apple got a pass interference after that, and uh, but it wasn't ultimately that drive ended up with nothing. Yeah, they that got was, off the field. Uh, it was a hold, yeah, so it was only it. a five yard penalty, and then they got off the yeah. field. So I saw some people acting like that was a pivotal point in the game. I, I get that it was kind of a display of 
incompetence, but I don't I don't see how that was necessary. It ended up meaning nothing. The, to the yeah. Chiefs got another set of downs, but they got off the you know the Bengals got off the field the same way they yeah. did in the previous set. So uh, Chiefs and Eagles, we'll talk more about that in the next segment. We mentioned D'Amico Ryan's, and as far as some of the clues go, that he's going to become the next Texans head coach. Aside from reports that there's serious mutual interest between the two sides, D'Amico and the Texans. We mentioned Jonathan Gannon, the betting favorite throughout this process. Um, he, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, he was interviewed on the field by Fox 29 following the game, and he confirmed on the field following the game he's staying in Philly this year. It's, uh, might be your last one here because no. you might get the call. No, Philly, <laughs> Philly's keeping me. We're good, bad, or indifferent. I'm staying here. Okay, so that was uh, an interesting confirmation. I don't. That I don't. I didn't sense that was a heat of the moment thing or anything, Seth. It sounded to me like he was uh, serious about that. So Jonathan Gannon, and he didn't refute it after the game or anything after they got in the locker room. So there you go. Jonathan Gannon is staying in Philadelphia. All right, we'll get back to D'Amico Ryan's here as we roll towards the top of the hour. Let's dig into the turning points in both of these games and the history that Patrick Mahomes will be attempting to make in, and that he's already made just by getting to this Super Bowl. We'll get to that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. We'll get to the AFC and NFC title games in just a second, but just was on Twitter a couple minutes ago. Uh, Ian Rappaport, who has been, I think he's been the one that's probably had the most D'Amico reports of the national media over the last few days. He was just on Good Morning Football a moment ago and gave the latest update on D'Amico Ryans to the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryans, who late this week emerged as the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job. Of course, his season is over, his team season is over, which is all bad, except it does clear the path for him to be named the Houston Texans head coach at some point later in this week. Here's where it stands. He is considered to be the favorite. The Denver Broncos, who also had significant interest in D'Amico Ryans, after interviewing him, they have received indication that he his attention is headed elsewhere. Houston, of course, where he played a former second-round linebacker and a former captain there. So he's going to do a second interview with the Texans this week, assuming all goes well, and it should. He will be named the Texans' next head coach, the second hire of this cycle. All right, so there you go. So no, I, nothing real new there, but I think that it's getting reinforced is probably a positive sign, I would say. If um, uh, the 2006 draft class is widely regarded as like easily the best draft class for the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. and I wonder if, uh, if D'Amico were to 
end up coming back to his team and winning a Super Bowl as the coach. And presumably, <laughs> presumably, D'Amico, if he'd gone to another team and gone into coaching, probably wouldn't have been the guy that, that got the job this go-around. You know, whole butterfly effect and all that stuff. I feel like that might have to go down as one of the best drafts in NFL history if he can bring a Super Bowl. John Elway, obviously, is a... Is a, it's hard to beat John Elway yeah. as both a GM and as a player, I suppose, um, or the Patriots, obviously. But for, for the total the oh, for total depth of the draft, that would be a pretty good one. <laughs> for the Texans, it'd be a slam dunk. As you yeah. pointed oh, out, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. already the best draft class now. It's a, yeah, Mario Williams, D'Amico Ryans, uh, Charles Spencer, and Eric Winston. So three are your top four hits. Spencer was good. He just was injured. Got hurt, yeah. Owen, Owen Daniels, yeah. Wally Lundy, and David Anderson. Yeah. Those are out of, out of, um, out of, Seven players there. You got five quality NFL. Football five contributors. Players. Yeah, yeah. And I say contributors. Yeah, at, at, at the peak, you you had all pros in that class. Uh, along those lines, Seth. Speaking of former Texans, speaking of former teammates of D'Amico Ryan's, I saw John Lopez post this on Twitter last night. That was the first place I saw it. But it was a picture that included at least one of the names you mentioned there. Owen Daniels was in the picture, along with about a dozen or so, or, or maybe even more, former Houston Texans, many of whom played with D'Amico Ryans. There were some Texans medical staff in the picture as well. I saw Dr. Munts in there. They were all at B&B Butchers, and it, it's not in, it doesn't indicate exactly when, but it's obviously pretty recent. Over the weekend, it would look like. J.J. Watts in the picture, Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub. We have a text, one of a couple of texts we've gotten about that picture on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. I'll read this one, 3876. There's a picture on Bleacher Report of all these former Texans and the current medical staff. John Weeks is in there. Um, JJ, um, Matt Schaub is in there. They're all getting together. Uh, there's people that think that's actually because D'Amico is going to be named the coach tomorrow and they're all going to be at the press conference. Seth, is there any smoke, do you think, to this picture? Because a lot of guys in that picture do not make their homes in Houston. They're, they live, right, right. They live out. Matt Schaub, I don't think, lives here. JJ does not have a home. I, he may have a house here. I don't know. But he isn't. You know, this isn't his home base anymore, Houston. Um, and I would his imagine a few, still, a few of the yeah, other guys in there probably don't live here anymore either. His house was for sale, remember, at the one point. Because um, remember that weird article in the Chronicle? It said, you can tell it's his house because there's a T-shaped pool in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody could figure out where what the significance of that was. Right. <laughs> like, okay, okay, it's got a T-shaped pool. Yeah. Um, uh Nick Martin is in there too. He is. That's the one. That's the one curious uh, presence of. I, I couldn't figure out. There are a couple other guys that I didn't quite recognize. Um, but yeah, the Nick Nick Martin definitely didn't play with D'Amico Ryan, so that was curious. Bill Kolar, the old defensive line coach, was in there. Is he in there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But for the most part, it was all guys from D'Amico's era, including Bill Kolar. So uh, yeah, I would say, I I doubt it. And Andre's restaurant opened late last week. Maybe they were all in town for something at Andre's restaurant. Okay, um, I have no idea, but I, I, I don't think that it would have been that many guys coming in from out of town on short notice when it wasn't even official yet. But who knows? Who knows? I would say if there's a guy who has that level of respect, you guys would be flying in for it. It would be D'Amico Ryan's. I would think. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he, he's he's at that level, no doubt. I'm looking. Kareem Jackson's in the picture. Uh, yeah. I mentioned Andre. Shane Leckler is in there. Kevin Walter is in the picture. A few other guys who I don't uh, don't quite recognize, but it's uh, it's quite a crew. I bet that was a fun dinner. I bet a lot of good stories at that dinner. Well, we so. know Muncie has it in for me. We don't know why, 
but uh, Dr. Montz uh, has it in for you. Oh yeah. yeah, what was it? He wouldn't. You tried to get an appointment with him, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. couple times. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, probably sprained my wrist trying to trying to do a hernia check on me once or something. He can't. <laughs> he's not. He's not checked out on equipment that size. So he's uh, he's probably just he's he's trying to he's keep protecting himself. himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So uh, on that note, uh, so that we'll 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 keep in tune here. And what happens with D'Amico? Uh, Lopez also tweeted yesterday. Like in a perfect world, um, you know, D'Amico becomes available today, which he did by by the virtue of the 49ers losing yesterday. We'll get into that in a second. Um, and that the news breaks at 10:01 a.m. And I'm like, John, you guys get so much good stuff because of your time slot. Stop it. Let's get let's do an 8:01 a.m. for a change. It's interesting because there was other, you know, there are other reasons for you and I to believe that um, Tomiko and the Texans were fond of each other. It was news that wasn't released. This is similar to what Rappaport had said, um, and uh, so I think that that almost makes me feel even better about it. Rappaport, for you know, because he works for the league, is kind of a mouthpiece for official information in a lot of ways. That's official information that's not official yet. Um, where other people may be sitting on stuff that they're just not releasing yet. Yep. Yep. You know. Uh it's a good point. So let's get to the let's get to the conference title games, starting with D'Amico Ryan's and the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. I had the Eagles in this game, Seth. I just I my take on this game going into it was I just I think the other sh- I thought the other shoe was going to drop on Brock Purdy at some point, especially against a team that's so formidable up front as the Eagles are. Um, 70 sacks this year, and they increased that total again yesterday. Um, but I did not anticipate Brock Purdy going out early in the game with an elbow injury. And Josh Johnson, yeah, who Texan fans may not realize was a Houston Texan at one point. Of course, he was on every team at one point in the NFL. He's been on, I believe, 16 teams? I counted, 17 teams? I counted 14 because there's a few he's been on twice. So, oh, yeah. okay. So when I was looking at the uh, okay, yeah, okay, that yeah, makes sense. he's probably had seventeen stops, but he's yeah. been like I think he's been on the Ravens twice and the Niners a couple of times and yeah. and so forth. But he he oh, was plus a, some of these as I'm looking at his career history, it includes the Sacramento Mountain Lions, yes, of the UFL, the, yeah, yeah, the the L A Wildcats. Yep. So okay, he's he's played professional football. For a lot of pl- uh, a lot of people, yes. Like, you know, this guy's tax returns probably look like a, a traveling. It's a nightmare, yeah. And my my con- got to pay city taxes and state income taxes and all that. My conclusion yeah. with Josh Johnson is that he must be one of the greatest dudes of all time because I don't think you play for nearly twenty teams in a eighteen what a sixteen year span something like that. Yeah, without being a really good guy. <laughs> I mean, he's he was with the Broncos this season. Yeah. He's played, he played for two teams. I say play. He was on two rosters um, from two different teams this year. I did see some people saying, how the hell can Josh Johnson be the best guy they have on the roster? I, he's their fourth-string quarterback. Right. I mean, they, they, they've got they, – they had so many injuries at quarterbacks last year. It's kind of fitting that this is how they went out. I did think that this is – I wish there were a stat for earned and unearned injuries. I think the Eagles – you might be tempted to say, well, the Eagles got lucky because the 49ers quarterbacks uh, all got injured. Look, both Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy were injured in this game, and the Eagles did it by beating the snot out of an offensive lineman who was, or excuse me, beating the snot out of a tight end who was trying to block Hassan Reddick in one instance. And, ju- and that, that's another big curiosity of all this is, okay, um, 
Brock Purdy's got to get that ball out faster, but should Kyle Shanahan be calling plays where tight ends are trying to block Hassan Reddick? You know what it felt like, Sean? Hassan Reddick, who's probably going to be a runner-up for the defensive MVP to Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa, felt a little bit like Akeem Olajuwon versus David Robinson. Oh, the dream shake. Oh. Felt a little bit like, okay, Akeem didn't get the MVP, yeah, yeah but yeah. let's see how it goes in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he was great. Hassan Reddick was awesome yesterday. I thought, I thought there were... I thought there were three kind of big turning points in the game. And it, the final score was 31-7. So this thing, it was, it was pretty much over by halftime. Um, the, I thought the three times, Seth, well, first of all, the second that Josh Johnson entered the chat, <laughs> the second he came into the game was a turning point. Like, uh-oh. I mean, you're already on Brock Purdy, who's your third stringer. When you're going yeah. uh-oh over a seventh-round rookie leaving the game, that's a big uh-oh. Number two, the Johnson fumbled snap. Uh, right before the half, and um, Boston Scott scores the touchdown to make it 21-7. At that point, if Josh Johnson could have just gone down and got a field goal, it's 14-10 to at the half, and, and you're feeling like we're still in this thing. Instead, he fumbles in San Francisco territory a few plays later. The uh, the Eagles are in the end zone. And then there was the drive that, that was extended, a 15-play drive that ended in a touchdown by Jalen Hurts that was extended by a roughing the passer penalty on yeah. San Francisco. San Francisco had some bad penalties in this game. Um, defensively, uh, um, and you know, it's D'Amico Ryan's defense. Yeah, yeah. A couple of them were pretty very ticky tack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so th- those were the big turning points in a game that was really kind of over once Brock Purdy went out of this game. God bless Josh Johnson. He's hung around for a long, long time, um, but he couldn't get it done. And to your point, it's funny because Josh Johnson ended up leaving the game with a concussion. And Brock Purdy, who had ice on his arm the whole time Josh Johnson is in, has to come yeah. back into the game because they didn't have a third quarterback. I've never looked at the rosters of a playoff team close enough to know if that's the norm or not. Yeah, it's the norm to I'm not only have carrying, a third quarterback. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, hold up. It's the norm to have one or to not have one? To not have one. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. All right. You that, got your backup quarterback on there, and then, yeah. That seems a little risky to me. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of teams don't even have three quarterbacks. Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey... They might. They should. I was surprised they didn't even. Did I miss a wildcat or anything? With he did. They did they, 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 they did do that a couple times. Yeah, a Christian okay. McCaffrey. At least that's what Amy told me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in the car driving over my CBS show. I'm like, what are they doing at quarterback? She's like, I don't know. They snapped it to McCaffrey one time. I saw I that. Started. Um, the whole thing is. The, the thing I got nervous as before Purdy got hurt, the Eagles marched down the field, and I think that. What the, the 49ers game plan was going to be was say, okay, for one, you gotta, you gotta handle the Jalen Hurts run game. And I thought the defensive ends for the 49ers did a good job of that in the linebackers, all the RPO stuff and everything. Um, but they were going to take their chances with allowing AJ Brown and Devontae Smith to challenge their cornerbacks on the outside with the gamble that basically Jalen Hurts, we're going to get to Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts really isn't that good at throwing the deep ball. But the one thing the 49ers haven't done well on defense this year is uh, on, on extended scramble plays, they've let up a lot of big plays. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what happened was that they – this happened – like in each of the – the 49ers have struggled against mobile quarterbacks, and when they let them outside the pocket, that ends up doing them in, and that's what did them in a few times. So um, it was – like Nick, there was another weird part of this game. This was the weirdest game for the first quarter. Nick Bosa gets his ankle rolled up by one of his teammates getting thrown into him on a kickoff. 
um, very early in the game. Yeah, well, you know, to be clear, he was standing on the sidelines, Nick. Yeah, Poster. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was just standing on the sideline. He got hit by uh, he got hit by stray bullets from in the form of a human being. So immediately, Nick Bosa is minimized, and he he still did some good things in that game. But there were other times where he fell down, where you could tell, okay, this guy just isn't right. The first the first quarter was just so weird, Sean. Yeah, there was like. There was a bit of everything. Greg, uh, what's his face there, kept saying that they've seen, like, you could tick Greg off Olson, the box. Yeah. Greg Olson, they've seen one of everything, including Greg Olson started to get on my nerves. Romo's dead to me, but yeah, Greg Olson there, started to get is, on my nerves. Is, is, a there a, is there a color analyst on a lister broadcast in the NFL that you're okay with right now? I guess it would be yeah. Olson, Romo, Collinsworth, and Aikman are the big four. I'm okay with Collinsworth and Aikman. Okay, I am too. Uh, Romo's Romo is his losses. He's damn atrocious. Mind. He's awful. Like I feel like half the time the audience is at home explaining the game to Romo. Yeah, and Romo's like, let's see, are they gonna go for it, Jim? Are they gonna go for it? Well, it's third down, Tony. Oh, I guess we didn't realize it because the mics were off. Well, I mean, I knew it, but uh, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, me, I feel bad so. for Nance. Like, because Nance hey, is Gene. Nance, Gene, what's uh, what's the deal with this pass interference? Well, it looks like he had his arm around his waist and he torqued the body a little bit. Yeah. So it turns out that it's considered pass interference. When the quarterback throws the ball at uh, the ground, uh, no, no, Nick, that, no, that, no, actually, Tony, that was from four plays ago. That was the intentional grounding. Oh, <laughs> the best was early in the game. I forget who the receiver was on Kansas City, um, yeah. but it looked like it looked like it could have been a touchdown catch, um, and <laughs> and they called it incomplete on the field, and they're like they're showing it over again, and, and Romo's going, I don't know. Oh, it might be incomplete, Jim. And Nance is like, Nance is like, they called it incomplete on the field, Tony. <laughs> how about like, how about Romo? Because he doesn't get, he's not predicting call, plays the way he used to. He he says stuff before the play a lot that doesn't happen. He's like, I think they're going to go in motion here. They don't go in motion, and then uh, like all the time. But then what he'll do? He did this last week. He'll try to like claim credit for predicting things like in last week's game in the second quarter uh, <laughs> in the, I think it was it was the Bengals game Joe Burrow made a nice play and Romo was like you know you and I called it before the game we said these are a couple of good quarterbacks going at it they're both going to make some great plays in this game and there you go Dude, there you have it and then ultimately it didn't really end up being a battle between two quarterbacks it did it was 27 <laughs> to 10 Josh no, Allen was no. atrocious but the best the best was yesterday when Romo decided to call the decision to move Kelsey uh, split him out as a slot receiver right 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 Genius. Yeah. It's, a, it's genius. Right. He's not lined up like a normal tight end. <laughs> you, mean, like, like, you mean the thing they've been doing for like 20 years with dude, various tight ends? Here's the thing, so, too. What the hell are you talking about, Tony? Dude, it's, and it's not – here's the thing. It's not like the. It's not like this is the Texans making a run to the AFC title game and Romo hasn't done any Texans games all year. Yeah. Romo and Nance are practically the Chiefs TV broadcast team. How many Chiefs yeah. games have they probably done this year? They've probably done at least probably four Chiefs games, right, on CBS? Let's see how they formate. He said formate. Yeah. Let's see how they 
how they formate Travis Kelsey crazy, on man. this one. Crazy. I'm not look. I'm not one to criticize messing up names or anything. Gronkowski does it because I do it all the time. Yeah. Gronkowski does it, and I think it's charming. I think with Romo, it's just becoming so clear that he puts zero effort into this, dude. Like zero, zero effort into any kind of preparation for the game. Do you think somebody got to Gronk about his delivery? Do we have that, Ben? Do we have Gronk? The, you brought this to my attention. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it. So I had seen people react to it. I didn't get to see it because I was doing my CBS show, but I, I had seen people react to it, and you sent me the tweet, and I'm going, you and I talked about Gronk's delivery on the studio show, and it's Gronk. It's raw. You know, it's it, yeah. it, He's not a classic broadcaster, but I always thought there was a casual sort of meatheadedness to his delivery, and even yeah. some of the things he would say, I'm like, oh, okay, well, he's making some points there that sound like good points to me, your average football fan. This feels like someone got to him about, you need to look at the camera and be more forceful with your takes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's been doing that. I think the, the thing I noticed about this take was that just he um, – and again, I screw up names all the time. I yeah. did like three minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, you got to just – you got to listen to the pronunciation of these names. Okay. I, he's definitely reading off of a prompter. Yeah. And I think – and I know this is going to be a huge surprise to a lot of people. I'm not sure Gronk is the best reader. <laughs> So this is this is what it sounds like when he's reading from a prompter. Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has been playing great. They held Buffalo to their least amount of points scored all year last week. And if Travis Kelsey does not play, expect the Bengals to rattle Mahomes all game without his safety valve. Someone's going to have to step up to the plate. Is it going to be Juju Smith-Schuster or is it going to be Jarek McKinnon? We will see later on. Okay, you see, I mean, Seth, it's but here's the thing. I want to, you're right. The pronunciations were well, bad on a couple. He said Buffa. Yeah. He said Buffa. He said Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Or or Mahomes, like yeah. a, like Milady almost, like with an apostrophe. Uh, and he said McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, so, no. No. Yeah, 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 those, yeah. those are undeniably bad. Uh, but I just I was he was looking at the camera with like yeah. the a, a ferocity, and I'm almost expecting him to point at the camera. That was like broadcast boot camp day one level, like. Yeah. A read, you know what I mean? Like, okay, guys, we're not going to give you any coaching. You do this how you think people read things off a teleprompter, and I think he, uh, yeah, it's. Not, I think he probably he's probably been having a hard time bringing as much emotion as he wants to it. So they might have said, okay, let's try it with a teleprompter, okay, and and see how you do with that. And it's a very it's a very awkward and weird thing reading from a teleprompter. It's not easy at all because it doesn't. It doesn't move at the steady rate that you expect it to. Yeah. So to be doing it on live television, it's a really, it's a really high level of difficulty they throw some of these guys into, and I don't. That's why I don't, I don't criticize Gronk for it. I think it's endearing because he's so likable. I criticize Romo because he's gotten worse and worse every year he's been in it. Yeah. And he's clearly not preparing for the games, and he clearly doesn't know what the actual hell's going on during the game. He makes it's 17... Frust- it's frustrating to watch a game with him broadcast. It is. No, he gets in the way. He he makes $17 yeah. million a year. He's supposed to be some sort of gold standard, and it's bad. He's He detracts... Yeah. He, 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 it's not fun to watch a game that Tony Romo's doing because he's just stepping all over everything. It's it's really bad. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a, um, on a uh, Monday, a reaction Monday here on Sports Radio 610. Um... Back to D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans looks like he's going to be the next Texans head coach. One of the really fun ripple effects from this news on Friday was watching Denver scramble 
for solutions. Wait till you hear what one of the rumored solutions is for the next Denver Broncos head coach in the wake of D'Amico turning his attention to the Texans. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.